0: Quick, come up with something funny to say.
1: Hello? Yo. Oh, that's really cool.
0: Somehow I think you're lying. Uh-huh.
1: Oh, fail. Ah! Bad Philosophy, episode 53, recorded on December 6th, 2009. Kevin Squared. Spoiler alert, this episode contains spoilers about Dahl. Hello every welcome and one to Bad Philosophy, coming at you once again for another one of these fine episodes that you love so much and going down some more rabbit holes if we can. I am Stephen Torrance and this is episode 53 of Bad Philosophy. We've got on the show today someone who has never been on the show before, uh, keeping that, that trend going, and that is Kevin, don't know your not last name, but uh, Kesmill from the Dallas area. Kevin, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself?
2: Hi, I'm Kevin Miller. You know, another bearded Kevin that likes hats. So, (laughs) as if we didn't have
1: enough of them already.
0: (laughs) Yeah, well, I can't call a monopoly on it.
1: No, you can't. And that other voice you hear in the background is, of course, you know him, you love him, Kevin Saunders from Oxford, Ohio. How are you doing, Kevin?
0: I'm not dead yet, although I'm pretty close. Dang. Uh, Difference is killing me. (laughs)
1: <laughs> well, um uh, we're glad to have Kevin Squared on the show today and uh for convenience and for clarification for the audience, I'm going to go ahead and refer to each of y'all as Saunders and Miller respectively so that there is not <clears throat> any sort of ambiguity whenever I just say Kevin. Uh I probably will make a mistake every now and then, so um you know, feel free to both respond at the same time and create a bunch of chaos if I happen to say Kevin, what do you think? Yeah.
0: I think I'm going to call you Stephen and uh, you Kevin, respectively, just so there's no Sounds confusion.
1: Sounds <laughs> Sure, we'll go with that. And uh, Miller, you can you, you can call us Kevin and Stephen, respectively, as well. <laughs> um, well.
2: Can I call you? Can I call you Bruce then?
1: I I, did, the I would prefer not to.
2: It'd <laughs> <laughs> be a bit confusing.
1: Yes. But, uh, anyways, we since we do have uh, three Dollhouse lovers on the show today, and it's been a while since we did a, a completely self-serving uh, episode completely dedicated to the work of Joss Whedon, we're going to talk about <laughs> the awesomeness that was the pair of episodes of Dollhouse that broadcast uh, a few nights ago. And uh, I just want to open up and say that had these episodes aired in the first season, I don't think there would have been any question whatsoever as to whether there was going to be a second, third, fourth season of Dollhouse. I um, want to start out with with Saunders. Do you agree, disagree, don't care?
0: Um, a little bit. I think what we need to do is take the second half of each of these seasons and make them into one season and just forget that the first half exists. Sure. Because this is a show that apparently just has that you know ninth inning rally going for it. Uh, mind you, it's far too late to do anything. You know, the show's been canceled. They're dumping the episodes as fast as they can, you know, in non-prime spots, and it's over. But, you know, this is the same sort of thing we faced with uh, the first season. You know, we got episode six is when the show started taking off, or thereabouts. Yeah, Man on the Street. That was one of my favorite episodes of yeah, the yeah. first season. And then here we are, episode six, or five and six for the second season, and the show got good again. Although, um... The last episode directed by Jonathan Franks was amazing as well. So oh. it picked up a little bit sooner. But um, even then, uh, it's one of those things that I really I, – I don't know that I'm, I should because everyone's going to, but I blame Fox for the show not succeeding like it did, mainly because Fox kind of insisted on the first half dozen episodes of being a super
2: –
0: super – Episodic. Each one could have been taken out of the episode, taken out of the series, and it wouldn't have made a single difference. Yeah, and I think I think that hurts the show. This is a mythology show. Uh, Whedon said that himself, and when you don't have access to that mythology, the show suffers.
1: Yeah, I have to agree. Like the the first halves of these seasons have been very subpar compared to the later episodes, and it's I. I've, I, we can't really tell how much of it was Fox's fault, I think, and how much of it was just uh, the various writers on the show choosing to do different things. And I think a lot of fans are going to blame Fox for, for killing the show once again, um, sort of Firefly-esque. Uh, but uh, Miller, do you think that's justified?
2: If we hadn't seen this exact same thing happen with other shows that happen to be on Fox... I would be inclined to you know just give Fox the benefit of the doubt, but this happens all the time with Fox. You know, it's I'm sure they're you know I don't know the exact TV trope name for it, but you know it's basically you know studio intervention, and they'll take something and like just like Firefly, they'll you know either you know require them to be episodic. You know when you know it's very bad. You know it's a very bad thing with you know Whedon especially because he loves to tell stories that cover many many episodes, but you know. You know, they've done this with Firefly, they're doing it with Dollhouse. I mean, just, just look at the number of uh series that Fox has that Fox has killed, you know, at, without really giving it a chance to you know, it's either gonna be an immediate success or they'll cancel it. I mean, look what they did uh they did with um Family Guy. You know, it lasted three seasons and they killed it. Yes. Yeah. And they had to bring it back and, you know. Well, the first episode after they came back, they just listed all of the a series that Fox had killed since they killed, a, um, since they killed Family, guy. family guy the yeah. first time, and it, the, the gag ran for like you know, an entire, you know, sixty seconds, just a listing, you know, going from like, um, you know, the ones I remember specifically were Firefly and The Tick.
1: Yeah and again I, I think uh family guy has been sort of a special case though for fox it, it has not been good at all since it came back um i think family guy ran out of uh <laughs> original material in about the second season uh same thing for for futurama somebody reminded me the other day that uh that futurama was killed by fox as well um I Mm -hmm. was never much of a fan of Futurama, either before or after the cancellation. Um, I think it it was a great concept, and it it definitely had its funny moments, but it it was just not the the same level of quality as as The Simpsons or even as as some of its early episodes, the farther it got along. Oh,
0: see, I'm going to disagree with you there. Hmm. Um, Especially some of the later episodes of Futurama were fantastic. Hmm. Um, I think they they took a big risk doing the... the, um, the the you know full-length movies you know straight to dvd and then throwing them on comedy central that was an iffy move in my opinion yeah and it sort of half worked you know two good two were not um but it did allow for them to bring back another show uh, another season which i'm excited for because it's it's a, something where it's a different sort of humor than simpsons and certainly a different sort of humor than family guy um because it it's it's more character-based than either of those shows. And that's something like yeah. right. I mean, The Simpsons have very iconic, very straightforward characters. But even then, the characters in Futurama, to me, I mean, that's where the humor derives from. Um, not necessarily situations. Simpsons has definitely become a sort of situation comedy that's just animated. And, you know, the situations are crazy and wild. You know, Lisa's has got into Sundance and, you know, that sort of stuff. I mean, mind you there's this wacky stuff on Futurama, too. Eh. Eh. I don't know. I, I dig Futurama. <laughs> I own all but the last volume of Futurama, whereas I only, um, you know, well, I own five seasons of The Simpsons. So I own more Simpsons, but there's more Simpsons to own. Percentage-wise, yeah. I have more Futurama. <laughs> um, well, uh,
1: Miller, what what do you think of of either the uh, the Family Guy or the Futurama thing? Is it is it sort of a a trend that Fox is keeping up?
2: Uh, well, yeah, you know, I, I don't want to you put all of them on Fox because you know they're. You know, there are you know, shows like Dollhouse, there's no way any other network would even touch them. So they at least give them a chance. I just don't like how they kill them prematurely.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well well let's go ahead and step back a, a few a few paces here and say why we uh why we love these these uh latest two episodes of Dollhouse so much. I'll I'll go first. I just think the um getting out of the dollhouse that we've seen has been an incredible boon to the series. I mean getting out to different locations, getting new characters involved, um, kind of making it more about the uh, the bigger picture than it has been before on the show is an incredible move and it just i I was just fascinated by again the mythology and and building and kind of progressing that mythology so much more in just the course of two episodes saunders what do you, what do you think of it?
0: Definitely, I think I think getting out was a, was a good choice. I think seeing another Dollhouse, yeah. um, and the different dynamics that were sort of in play was really useful there. Although I was a little disappointed with Summer Glau's character, um, she was kind of crazy just for the sake of being crazy, which I mean, she was different crazy than you know, say Ter- Terminator, Sarah Chronic, Connor Chronicles, or even Firefly, but it was still sort of playing you know, hot crazy chick. Yeah. And I'm, I'm sure she can do more than that. It was a subdued hot crazy chick, but it was still a hot crazy chick. Mm-hmm. Um, but even the you know the stuff with Ray Weiss I thought was fantastic. Um, you know, showing almost, I mean, Adele has never been seen as you know a good person, but then you throw her up against next someone like Ray Wise, and you're actually rooting for her. <laughs>
1: I know. Um, Echo had a, a a fantastic line for that. They pretty much summed it up. I think uh, their guys are better than my bad guys.
0: <laughs> yeah, their bad guys are worse than my bad guys. Yeah, was you know good stuff. It is. It's so. I mean, so that that has helped the show. I think, and that's. I mean, that's classic Whedon dialogue. Anyway.
1: Oh yeah, and and Miller, what what was your uh, favorite part of the two episodes? Well,
2: uh, I've only seen about halfway through the. First uh, episode, you know, episode five, actually. Cause, oh no! I I got Hulu, and I had a, a, a derby thing this past weekend, so I've been busy all weekend.
1: Well, like, then ah. the, we're giving you some major spoilers here, but <laughs> don't, don't
2: care. I've got Hulu. Yeah. You know, I'm you know watching it anyway. Yeah. But you know, it's, going back to what uh, you know, Saunders said about Summer Glow. it's just it reminds me of that uh, XKCD cartoon about you know how they should just you know take Summer Glow and just have her uh you know you know just kick butt for ninety minutes and that's it. Yeah. You
1: know? I think I think you just got an exasperated sigh from Saunders. Um you're yeah. you're not a fan of X K C D are
0: you? <laughs> I have moved I used to be. I used to be. And over the past year or so, maybe more I haven't been keeping track, I have firmly moved into the X K C D sucks camp. Um was mm-hmm. another another tangent, but uh, I don't care. Uh, the, the comic is just not held up and one of the turning points for me was actually the um, that Summer Glau-esque arc with Nathan Flee and racing on electric scooters or skateboards and it yeah. was just total fan fiction that Randall was writing himself into and that's one of those moments where I stepped back and just said really? Really? Yeah. Mind you I I still read it, it's in my feed but, so is xkcdsucks.blogspot.com, so I balanced it out.
1: <laughs> um, but, yes, someone, your, your point of, they of, had... of
0: Summer Cloud becoming this thing is accurate. Sorry, I interrupted you. Go ahead.
2: Yeah, go ahead, Miller. Yeah. Oh, I would love to see, you know, kind of like what they've done with, you know, Garfield minus Garfield. They should just have, like, you know, xkcd without, you know, like, I don't know, Black Hat Guy. You know, hmm. just, you know have <laughs> comics with, you know, remove you know, the Black Hat Guy and just make them completely, oh you know, this is that philosophy? Let's just make a meta. Yeah, but then again,
0: <laughs> hmm? oh, so there's a website. I I don't know what the address is, but Google XKCD could be better.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and it's a message board that um, people they they post the new XKCD comic whenever it comes up without all the dialogue, and people Photoshop it with new dialogue or new situations and try and make it funnier. Just to prove that it's it's really about the fact that Randall has trouble writing good dialogue. Yeah. Um,
1: well, um, I want to kind of kind of keep going back onto the uh, the Dollhouse track here. Someone mentioned uh, Kathleen in the chat room actually mentioned the, the exchange between Topher and uh, Victor as Topher. Uh, that I, I have to say of of the entire two episodes, that was my absolute favorite part. Was seeing and again, I don't know the actor's name, but Victor. Acting out Topher's character perfectly, and I mean not just close but perfectly. Uh, that that just astounded me, and it was it was the greatest, almost the greatest part of the series yet, in in my opinion. But what did y'all think of that?
0: I thought it was a spot on. Like I couldn't tell their voices apart, like just because the mannerisms it really sounds a little bit different, but the mannerisms were so spot on um that like when they were on the phone if I was, you know, working something else on my computer, I'd have to look over and make sure I knew which one was talking. Yeah. Because it was it was it was phenomenal. And so and and especially their interactions because Tophers the sort of guy who would take talking to himself literally perfectly in stride. Mm-hmm. And the fact that they can't do that and you know have two Tophers, you know, one at the home base and one out, you know, doing James Bond was fantastic. And and an offshoot of that, I think a fantastic thing was the subtlety of Topher and Adele's plan to get the imprint. They're trying yeah. to get the imprint from the senator. And, you know, at first it was kind of set up like, oh, he's just going to steal it, you know, hack in or whatever. And then there's this sort of social manipulation thing where, you know, they escape and they need, you know, to get his imprint to be able to track him. And, I don't know if that was intentional, you know, that it, that, or they were just adapting to the plan or to what happened. But either way, it worked really well for me.
1: Yeah. Well, and I know Miller. I guess you haven't seen that part of the episodes yet, but it's. Uh... You should look forward to it, definitely. Yeah, <laughs> um, and, oh. I, and I don't think it just goes back to an indication that that there were so many good actors on this show that really just didn't get too many chances to to show their talents. Um, in in lieu of um, Eliza Dushku having the spotlight, um, a lot of folks have speculated that maybe if she hadn't been as prominent a character or hadn't been the center of the show. That uh, and some of these actors had gotten chances to do their thing earlier. That the show might have gone differently. And I know you, Kevin, said that that uh, something similar, something to that effect, that she was really bringing it down. Sorry, uh, Saunders.
0: I said that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who's bringing it down? What? Yeah. That that Sorry, Eliza Dushku. Screen,
1: that Eliza Dushku was maybe Is not the the as weak strong. Is the point of the show? Yeah.
0: Yes. Um, I I do think that, and I still think that even after these episodes. Um, mm-hmm. It's one of those things that okay, th- this I'm going to reveal something that may be shocking because I'm a huge Joss Whedon fan. When I first heard the premise for Dollhouse, with Eliza Dushku being someone different every week, a la The Pretender, is more or less how I pictured it originally. Mm-hmm. Um, I was not excited. I was not <laughs> impressed. Um, it didn't do much for me. I like Eliza Dushku, but I don't think she's that great of an actress. I never really have. She's kind of one note. And I think the show has kind of indicated that. But I think a lot of the other things have have supported the show. Uh, Whedon's dialogue, the Whedonesque dialogue, even though he doesn't write every single episode. Uh, The other characters, Topher, uh, Victor, and Sierra, who Sierra wasn't even in this episode. I miss her. Mm -hmm. Said, But that sort of stuff um, has, has helped a lot more. Now, that being said... I think we've done some interesting things with Echo. Finally, in these last couple episodes, just kind of like the last part of the last season, she finally started getting some interesting things happening. And finally, this season, I'm sort of getting it. She's been more or less awake all season, and nothing has happened from that. She's just sort of been, "Yep, I'm, I'm now aware that you put people in my brain," and that hasn't been a lot of a change.
1: And and. uh Miller, I want to get your your thoughts on this too. I mean, how how did you feel about Eliza Dushku throughout the first season and and the first half of the first, uh, the
2: second season here? Well, uh, the first half of the first season is I don't think I was taken aback, you know, by Eliza Dushku's character. It's just it was for me. It's like it was all right. Okay, what's the instead of having a bad guy of the week like you would having like the old sixties like westerns and whatnot. You instead have, you know, okay, what's Eliza Dishku's personality, personality of the week? And I don't think I can really put the blame on her for that. But, you know, it's like, admitted she does have a tendency to sort of be a, a one-note character, but, you know, she's pulled off some of these uh, other non-traditional characters pretty well, I think, actually.
1: There were a few successes, I agree, yeah.
2: You know, the problem is you only get to see her at, like that for a single episode.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I know Kevin when we first discussed uh even before Dollhouse launched, um, the fact that it really started with her and Joss sitting down and talking about this this premise, but it's sort of it's sort of grown beyond that. It's sort of grown beyond that that uh character of the week type structure. And I you know, I would have seen maybe if um uh, if the show had continued, I would have liked to have seen maybe her her character play a, a much lesser role and some of these other secondary characters play a greater role, sort of as, as um, Buffy played less and less of a role over the course of that series. Um, do you think that would have worked out a little bit better, Kevin Saunders?
0: I think it could have. Um, I do think so, especially because the show wasn't named Echo. The show was named Dollhouse. Right. Um, the problem is I don't, I don't ever see that actually happening. Because Eliza Dushku was is a producer on the show. She's an executive <laughs> producer. Yeah. Um, so she's got she's got a big stake in her being the big point of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, they kind of dropped some hints at that um, with these episodes when uh, someone Glau's character said, "You know, Caroline has a way about her. She has mystical powers that will make you fall in love with her and do whatever she says." Not in so many words,
2: mm-hmm. but it was sort yeah. of like trying
0: to build her up to be something more than just your average doll, which we know she's more than your average doll. We've seen that, but you know, it seems like the seeds are being planted to make her super extra special. Yeah, which, which is yeah. not yeah. unusual for Joss Whedon female. Um, you look at all of his female, or most of his female leads: Buffy and Buffy, uh, Cordelia Chase and Angel, not so much in Buffy, Summer Glau, uh, River in Firefly. Penny and Dr. Horn may be the lone exception,
2: mm-hmm. um,
0: but they sort of have these, these super extra stuff, which is fine, but it's, it's the same shtick almost.
1: Yeah. You mentioned uh, Saunders that uh, Joss already has another idea for what to do after dollhouse. Do you have any more details on that? Is it another Dr. Horrible? Is it something totally different that we've never seen before? Uh, what do you, what do you think about that?
0: Uh, I haven't heard. He hasn't really said. Although he has said that it will be by the time Dollhouse ends, we will know what he's working on next.
1: Okay, so, which will be you next know, week, right? According to
0: mm, January twenty second, two thousand ten.
1: So, how many more episodes of Dollhouse are there?
0: Uh, one, two, three,
1: four,
0: five, six, seven. Really? I'm, I'm reading the Wikipedia page right now. Yeah, seven. Um, we're getting. Basically, um, two episodes a week, this week, next week, the 18th, and then we take a break until January 8th. We get an episode 15th and then 22. Although, what's fun is they're actually airing Epitaph 2. Oh. Um, on Fox this year, whereas, you know, they didn't air Epitaph 1. Hmm. And uh, that'll so be like a second part
1: of Epitaph 1.
0: Oh, yeah. It's called Epitaph 2 Return.
1: And that'll be like the last episode that airs, right? Last
0: episode, yeah.
1: Hmm. Okay.
0: Um, which is which is exciting. So uh, by the end of January, we'll know what Joss' next project is. Um, somewhere, I read something that said that they're working on a script for Dr. Horrible 2. But even with Dr. Horrible, I mean, Marissa, uh, T- T- I can never say her last name. Marissa and Jed, mm-hmm. um, who were the co-writers for Dr. Horrible, are also working on... Um, dollhouse, and so they are freed up all of a sudden as well. Hmm. The only only problem, you know, potentially uh, Nathan Fillion and um, Neil Patrick Harris are both, you know, on shows that aren't getting canceled.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm sure they can make the time. Uh, so Miller, any any final thoughts on this? Any uh, and anything else you want to say before we wrap things up here on this episode?
2: Well, uh, I think Kathleen and chat room mentioned something about the webisodes for this, I and mean, just are. Our... Are there webisodes for Dollhouse? I haven't seen anything.
1: Uh, Saunders, do you know about that?
0: I don't know. Um, there was, and this was, there was something about, talking about a new project, there was sort of an ARG, uh, alternative or advanced or reality game.
1: Alternate reality augmented,
0: game. I don't know what the A stands That was sort of going around, that was, seemed to be related to both Dollhouse and something else. Um people were thinking that it was my uh, like was like Ditch the Tech was the slogan mm-hmm. which is from Epitaph One for those of you who haven't found it on the internet already. And or you know, bought the D V D. It's on there. So, you know, thumbs up for Slurpees there. But anyway, um it turned out to be just a big fan cruft thing, um, not related to the show at all. Um but people thought I mean it was so made people thought it was official and then Whedon came out and said, uh, no, that's not ours. Sorry. So anything they say isn't real. Okay. Um, that's that's the only thing webisode related. Next to, I mean, other than you know the original Doctor Horrible, which is I wouldn't call a webisode. I would call it fantastic.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's not a webisode. Webisodes are usually you know attached to uh, I think Heroes did this a lot too. They put like these you know little five minute vignettes or whatever. And I'm not a fan of having to go to multiple places to get all of one story yeah it's like you know, it's like when they have comic books, you know they have this huge arc, but you have to you know collect like eight comics you don't normally collect just to get the entire story
1: <laughs> It happened with uh with Battlestar Galactica too. They did a series of webisodes actually twice over the course of the series and um one of them one of them the only one that I've watched so far is incredibly inconvenient you have to to go to SciFi.com dot and then click basically eight or ten little segments that are like two or three minutes long. Each one preceded by like an intro and a recap. And it's just inconvenient and choppy and, you know, not not anywhere near the, the same experience as watching the show. So I, I really hope the webisode thing dies. I don't think it's a good idea as a promotional tool or as, as really anything of worth. Uh, but I, I don't know. Did, did you all have any thoughts on that?
0: i
2: pretty much given mine. Like I don't they, like, like down with episodes. Episodes. I'm, I'm
0: with Kevin there.
1: Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, because
0: um, uh, usually the amount of content you get is not worth the effort you have to go through. It's a very good yeah, point.
1: Exactly. All right, well, uh we've definitely enjoyed what of Dollhouse we have seen so far and hopefully we'll get um a lot more good episodes before the end. We'll probably have another uh follow-up in January after the series has concluded completely to kind of give our our final thoughts and our our eulogy about the series in, in general, and maybe talk about what Joss Whedon has coming up next. But uh, for now, I want to thank uh, both of you, Kevins, for being on the show. Uh, Kevin Miller, you you did great for your first time on BF, and we'd love to have you back. Uh, is there anywhere that, that people can uh, contact you, uh, get in touch with you, follow you?
2: Oh, boy. You know, I'm a pimping machine. Uh, yeah, My Twitter <laughs> is kesmill, K-E-S-M-I-L-L-E. Uh see I uh, uh, monthly I do podcasts on uh see, Bulls Deep, you know, Torian Films, uh dot Potomatic dot com. And then I've got my blog where I review old movies. You know, it's uh ich Benign I C H B E N I G N dot WordPress dot com. And do note that both the blog and the other podcasts are not safe for work. Okay, we will do that. <laughs> I'll put a little asterisk <laughs> on the site. And
1: uh, Kevin Saunders, thank yeah. you for joining us as well. Uh, you still got the, the Twitter going on, I assume?
0: Glad to be here. Yeah, I tried to bring back um, Kevin Reviews Something Every Day until I realized that Windows 7 doesn't have a version of Windows Movie Maker.
1: Oh, no. Um,
0: and I'm way too lazy to go find something else to do it with. I'm, <laughs> that's what I'm used to. Um, and so... Not that I'm, like, a huge Windows fanboy anyway, but I was, like, extra pissed off when I discovered that. Hmm.
1: I'm pretty sure that it's a separate download. You can go to Microsoft's website and download it separately, but, uh, yeah, I know, it doesn't actually ship with the Movie Maker. It's not a, it's
0: not a full version of Windows Movie Maker. It's now called uh, Windows Live or something, hmm. and it's even more streamlined than Windows Movie Maker hmm. and looks like something I don't want to relearn.
1: Okay, well, screw that then. Hopefully you'll find some solution in the future. We'd love to see that that back on the interwebs. But we do understand. Uh, one more thing, if you would like to follow me, I'm, of course, on Twitter at S-Torrents, S-T-O-R-R-E-N-C-E. And uh, also on Facebook, if you want to find me there, youtube.com slash CaptainValor. You can follow Bad Philosophy at twitter.com slash badphilosophy and we've got some products up on the uh, Zazzle store zazzle.com slash badphilosophy t-shirts, mugs, pins, magnets, stuff. Uh, Please buy it, please donate to the show if you like it and uh, we will see you next week on Bad Philosophy.
0: Aristotle looked around and wrote down what he saw, and I'm cool with that. Except for when he didn't like bother to look around, right? Or just you know, make stuff up. But the fact is, you know, he's he's famous for some reason, and I like to poke on the that. And maybe someday, when I pr- finish graduate school and I become Doctor Saunders, you know, the stand-up comedian on the side, I will start writing Arian, so my web comic of Austin.
2: There's
0: a man kicking a sheep in the face as my wallpaper.